You are tuned into a fireside chat with Zany Mystic. Join us now on another exciting metaphysical journey. Relax, tune in, drop out, and take a seat by the fire as we explore new realms and possibilities. This is Magenta Pixie. You can find me at magentapixie.weebly.com. But now, here is Zany Mystic and guest. Enjoy the show. Greetings and welcome to a fireside chat with Zany Mystic. I'm your host, Lance Wise. Tonight, my guest is Timothy Glenn, who returns to do a special show to clarify and enlighten on tomorrow's Pluto-Saturn conjunction on January 12, 2020. Timothy is an author, astrologer, numerologist, and spiritual reader. He came into this life without the veils pulled all the way down, and like many of us, he never uh, fit into the real world. Uh, early years include music, voice, and exposure to astrology. Theatrical training and performance prepared him for a brief stint as a minister. He has done past life regression, <clears throat> sound healing, esoteric astrology, and now does multidimensional soul purpose readings using a number of arcane and known venues such as numerology and tarot. The arcane elements were discovered in a dusty branch of an ancient library studying Pythagorean numerology, which forms the basis of the soul purpose reading. You can find out everything you need to know, including a description of the humorous incarnation process where we didn't get to take the manual with us when we incarnated. This caused Diana Lupi great chagrin, so she wrote ET101, the instruction manual, which has become an underground uh, book of, of, of underground book, famous of underground book. Timothy's website is www.soulpurposereadings.com and you'll find a wealth of information there. So, let's welcome Timothy back to the show now. Drum roll, please. Hi, Timothy. How are you? Oh, I'm enjoying the show. <laughs> yes, it's already started, hasn't it? Yeah. Uh, and I'm glad you you mentioned uh, Diana Lupi's book, AT101. Mm-hmm. It's like top shelf. Mm-hmm. Yes, Almost yes. Every day I, I chuckle about things that are in that book. Uh, you know, I laugh my ass off. <laughs> and that's why I'm sitting on bones today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But well, uh, really, it was, a, it was a fabulous uh, uh, piece of work. And uh, one of a kind, and it will never come away this come again this way. Although she is reviving it, I guess there's kind of a revival of that uh, book, and she's been um, promoting it in other countries, I guess. Cool. So, uh, well, you know, <clears throat> this conjunction uh, only comes around about every 33 to 38 years. And contains major global institutions getting a seismic shakeup, so I guess we could use some clarification on that. <laughs> okay, well, I'd like to expand on that. Okay, good. Uh, yeah, these these two planets have a synodic cycle that uh, yeah, averages about thirty five years or so, but we have not had this conjunction of Saturn and Pluto in Capricorn since the year 1518. Ah, that's a long time. That's longer than 30 years. Oh, yes, yes. And what happened then? 
that opened the gateways for the Renaissance. Oh, you're kidding. I'm not kidding. Look it up. Wow, because I have been feeling that we are headed for a Renaissance. Yeah, this is going to be what some people are already calling the Great Awakening. Oh, my. Well, indeed. Uh, and they did awaken. There was a lot of awakening during the Renaissance, and uh, it was a beautiful period of time, wasn't it? Well, uh, let's more just or say <laughs> <laughs> whatever in human history in the Matrix can be beautiful. Right. <laughs> let's just say it was a lot less ugly than what had gone before. Right. The snapdragons didn't bite at you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so uh, since it's been quite a while, like half a millennium since we had this, Wow. Uh, we, we look back then and what we see, yeah, okay, the Renaissance, it really woke people up and, and did shift things. And that one was not nearly as powerful as the one we're going to experience tomorrow. Wow. Wow. Do you think it might be inclined to take a form of the Renaissance? Uh, because sometimes they take different form uh, directions. Well, taking this into the context of many other factors, mm -hmm. I will put this uh, out there that instead of simply a renaissance, this one opens the gateways for what a lot of us call attention. Mm. Well, I, I think a lot of people are feeling that the major restructuring is in order. Well, sure. The old system is going to be systematically dismantled mm -hmm. and transitional systems will be put in place to keep everything from collapsing. Okay. And uh, <coughs> eventually we'll get to the point that we'll just outgrow all this nonsense. We won't need an economy. We won't need governments. We won't need religions, etc. Yes. I've been thinking that for a long time now. Yeah, it's all nonsense. I, yeah, you know, and I thought it would happen a lot sooner. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that's okay. I'll, I'll forgive them. <laughs> Yeah. The planets for waiting until now. Yeah, but it's an interesting alignment because mm -hmm. we're going to have the Sun, also the major asteroid series, and the Saturn-Pluto conjunction and Mercury all packed within less than one and one-third degrees of Capricorn. Mm -hmm. So that's going to pack a bit of a punch. Now, what happens with the uh, asteroid belt? Because that was the remnants of Marduk, wasn't it? Yeah, it uh, kind of got blown apart. Huh, right. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. We don't know what is going to happen with a lot of these things that are part of our solar system as we've known it. For example, we've talked about this before. What's going to happen with the moon? Oh, yes. You mean the space station, the eye yeah. in the sky? Right. Are we going to keep the space station? We'll <laughs> see. Anyway, that's not up, up for uh, 2020. <laughs> Well, the the thing is that it is being mined and profitable, and people don't know about it. And there are other things going on there that people don't know about. So, because it's uh, an unknown, uh, I suspect it might get known. Well, that's a big part of Pluto's journey through Capricorn: is bringing things that have been hidden mm -hmm. out into the public eye. Oh boy. Well, there goes the breakaway civilization, there goes the uh, secret <laughs> space program, and then, of course, uh, all the other things that we, we don't know about, or that we know we don't know about. And, in fact, I was reading some uh, articles in uh, places that I didn't expect to see them. They're talking about bringing out robots, 
and uh, all kinds of uh, bizarre things. Oh, we'll see all kinds of uh, things that uh, the average Earthling will just be shocked by. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, they're starting today because, uh, they, oh, and in the guise of one more Hadron Collider will be uh has will be uh, built and there hasn't been one built in 10 years well when i looked it up i found out that there are 30,000 hadron colliders that exist all over the earth and they're uh called, they're called time machines so uh, you can figure that part out if uh if the person who said that the guy in the wheelchair with the weird voice is right <laughs> Uh, then he uh, hit the nail on the jackpot, or yeah. the jackpot on the nail or something. Something like that, yeah. yeah. But the average earthling isn't going to be too concerned with that. They're they're more concerned with arguing about how to rearrange the deck chairs on the Titanic. Oh, right of now. course. That's much more fun. Yeah, it's uh, coming up. Well, this is the election year in the U.S., so we're going to bicker and argue and hate oh, each other yeah. and all that insane stuff. So and, that's and, comic uh, relief. Yes, exactly. You know, if you have a horse in the race, you're screwed. <laughs> right. Uh, that'll be interesting because there was an attempt at impeachment, uh, uh, I guess, by the powers that were. Yeah, and that was, uh, well, it was a farce from A to Z. Oh, yes. And what is happening with the royals? <laughs> that's another. We could just save that one for a different show. Okay, that, all right, all right. Because that's going to be an ongoing story, yeah. I think, for a while. Yeah, and remember, they are part of the old system. Yeah, the Anunnaki. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> the reptilian Anunnaki. Yeah. So, so who, uh, now, where are the Dracos from? Um, Draco. Aren't there Dracos in this story? Oh, they're all over the place. <laughs> and, you know, the thing is, we've got so many different ETs from so many different star systems and even other galaxies, etc., and even different timelines and so on and so oh, forth. Oh, you're right, right. It's right. easier to just simplify it and just say, uh, okay, the reptilians. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Or, as it... I re- would rather put it, the predators. Oh, yeah. You know, yes, because indeed. humans have traditionally been their prey. Yes, we are. And at this point, the human race can stand up and say, we are no longer your prey. That's right. And we're not going to pray to you either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But there's all kinds of cool stuff cooking oh, in the yeah. skies here. Corporations? Uh, no. Oh. I'm talking about celestial bodies moving around. Oh, I'm sorry. And, yes. Go and, ahead. Doing fun things in the sky. Oh, yes. What are they doing? Uh, well, first of all... As we've already been talking about, we have Saturn conjunct Pluto going exact finally because they've been playing around together in the sky through most of 2019, and the conjunction will go exact tomorrow in Capricorn again oh, wow. for the first time in over 500 years. 500 years. So wow. we're ready for our big Renaissance or ascension. Ah, okay, that's uh, synonymous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this this is going to be like Renaissance on steroids. So we'll just call it, <laughs> right, we'll just call it Ascension. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now a lot of this uh, has to do with Pluto's journey through Capricorn. I've had a series of articles uh, yeah. called 
global metamorphosis. Yes, yes, I remember. Excellent article. Right. That started back in 2008 because that's when Pluto did its triple transit across the that, That's right, yes. Of Capricorn. It was a big deal then, too. It certainly was. It was and, like, how many can Pluto do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's doing them all. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so at any rate, it's about a 16-year journey through Capricorn. And during this time, it's been a gradual undermining of the old system. And now, of course, our our friend Saturn has come in there (laughs) to join Pluto. And uh, this is is going to just really start taking down the old system for real. So we're going to see so much stuff in 2020, it's going to be bizarre. Uh, But see, we're just talking about Pluto's journey through the sign of Capricorn in the tropical zodiac. Oh, in my okay. last article, I had a subheading called A Tale of Two Zodiacs. Because <laughs> most people don't realize we have two zodiacs. Oh, um, yes. Yeah, the real and the side real? <laughs> well, the sidereal. Sidereal, okay. Yeah, the sidereal, which is what they use in Vedic astrology in the East. Okay. And over here in the Western world, well, what is R- predominant for us is what we call the tropical zodiac. Oh, the tropical, okay. Right. So we're, we've been watching Pluto's journey through. Uh, Capricorn in the tropical zodiac. Okay. And uh, the two zodiacs have have drifted farther and farther apart gradually throughout the many years. Now they're like a little over 24 degrees apart. Oh. Okay. So that means as Pluto comes up to like 24 degrees and nine minutes of arc in Capricorn in the tropical zodiac, it will at that time enter Capricorn in the sidereal zodiac, so we will have Pluto in Capricorn in both zodiacs simultaneously. Oh, wow. That sounds pretty intense. Yes, it is. And so we anticipate all kinds of fun with this one. <laughs> yes. Is it, uh, isn't Pluto the underworld? Yep. It stirs and, things up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, Saturn uh, is kind of <laughs> like the guy who's in charge of quality control. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, right. He'll come in with his white lab coat and his clipboard and make all kinds of markings on it. And hand you the paper and say, here are your specifications, make these changes. But Pluto comes in, uh, no white lab coat, no clipboard, wearing steel-toed boots and a hard hat. <laughs> Sounds like, like okay, the Nazis. <laughs> bring in the wrecking balls, bring in the... Oh, boy. Bulldozer. Well, that's good. That's, yeah. We like that. Right. So it's... In other words, it's like urban renewal here. Mm. Okay. And Saturn coming in, just as he did here, helps uh, that process happen without collapsing the entire shebang here. Uh-huh. Because, like a, you know, the, ec- the economy is not going to collapse. Ah, so it's, um, it's kind of a tempering uh, uh, influence. Yeah. Not a uh, strict, but a kind of loosely tempering because he doesn't look like he can be quite as strict as he usually would like to be. Yeah, well, Saturn can be uh, pretty uh, demanding as far as specifications are concerned. So he's uh, kind of like the engineer who comes in and <laughs> makes sure that everything is going to uh, make the transition without falling apart. Uh-huh. And... Uh, 
And so since none of the three outer planets ever simply move from one sign into another because they scour every single degree of the zodiac. Okay. Because they always go over it, come back retrograde, and then cross over it for a third time. So it's always a triple transit from one sign to the other. Oh, okay. Okay? So Pluto will make the triple transit in the sidereal zodiac from Sagittarius into Capricorn in the year 2020. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, in fact... The whole been, year? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because uh, Pluto's pretty slow. He's, he's got like a 248 Earth year orbit. Wow, good. <laughs> yeah, so it's going to be February 26th of 2020 that Pluto enters this uh, sidereal sign. Of wow. <laughs> yeah. That should be a significant time, too. Oh, yeah. And then the end of June, comes back over retrograde, back into Sagittarius. And then right at the very end of the year, New Year's Eve, it's going to enter uh, the sidereal sign of Capricorn for the long haul, years and years and years to come. Years and years and years? Yes. How can can that be? Well, if you have a 248 Earth year orbit, and there are only 12 signs, (laughs) you're going to be in each sign for for a long haul. So it's going to be really stirring things up. Yes. Well, what kind of things do you think it will stir up? Well. Anything. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Anything well, and everything. Yes, because, again, Pluto, ruler of the underworld, uh, has that influence that involves everything that's deep, dark, hidden, and secret. Ooh. <laughs> All the things that have been hidden from us. Wow. In Capricorn, and in Capricorn in both zodiacs simultaneously, we're going to really start seeing it happen once we get uh, Pluto and Capricorn in both zodiacs simultaneously. Right. <laughs> now, it's not going to be until April 23rd of 2023 when Pluto starts doing a quintuple transit. Oh, no. Yes, across the cusp from Capricorn into Aquarius in our tropical zodiac here. So from New Year's Eve of 2020 up until that date in 2023, we will have Pluto and Capricorn in both zodiacs simultaneously, uninterrupted for about two and a quarter years. Wow. (laughs) That sounds pretty intense. Just a bit. (laughs) And also, in the midst of that, in 2022, we have to remember that the United States will have its Pluto return. Oh, yes. Yes. So, uh, you know, we've been run by the the corruptocrats for a long time here. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is the time that uh, the universe just blows the whistle and calls a foul. Mm. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Yeah. So, I like the sound of that. Yeah, so that's what's going to be happening. Also, then, uh, you know, again, uh, Pluto will be doing a quintuple transit across that cusp, so it won't uh, completely leave Capricorn here until November 19th of 2024. Mm. So it's going to be a long haul here. Wow. And some people will have a ball with it, and other people might not have such a good time. Well, the more attachments you have to your old belief systems, yeah, the yeah. more you're going to struggle with it. Yeah, on people, every level. Oh, my God. People are going to have the illusions shattered. Oh, geez. Oh, starting boy. this year. I mean, it's just going to be devastating for a lot of our friends. Yeah, 
Because they're still stuck in these belief systems. Oh, and those are the worst things of all to get rid of. Oh, belief systems. Well, what, what's the initial of belief system? Uh, L-I-E. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, the initials. Oh, B. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> duh. <laughs> yeah. Can you say duh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this is going to be a, a wild, wild year. And another oh, thing wow. that's very cool is we don't want to forget we have our friend Uranus in the sign of Taurus, who's going to be for the next few years also giving a nice user-friendly trine. It's an angle of uh, 120 degrees to all that stuff in Capricorn. And Uranus is a resolver. Okay. Uranus likes to find things that, you know, seem like, oh, they can't be resolved, and then mm. just quickly resolve them. Mm. So that's going to be another really user-friendly thing going on for us. And Taurus seems to have a, a kind and a wise streak of some sort, and and a teaching of wisdom streak. <laughs> Uh, and I'm very not... connected to Earth. Yes, yes, very connected. Very grounded, yeah. Very grounded, very grounded, yes. That's uh, a nice, it can be a very nice uh, sign to uh, be around. Yeah. From before Virgo. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah. So another really, really fun and cool thing that will be happening this year is our good friend Uncle Jupiter is in Capricorn now. Okay. And it's going to go all the way up to 27 degrees, and then we'll come retrograde back to 17 degrees, and then we'll go direct again. So the bulk of the year, we've got Jupiter and Capricorn. And a fun one to watch is that we're going to have Jupiter conjunct Pluto, which will really amplify what Pluto is doing. Wow. Big time, yeah. So in the beginning of April, it's going to be uh, Jupiter conjunct Pluto. So up until that time, it'll probably be just, you know, build up. Uh-huh. And and once uh, you get Jupiter triggering Pluto there uh, on April 5th, it's going to be like, okay. <laughs> it's going to yeah. really start hitting the fan then. Yeah. And Jupiter's going to go retrograde then and come back over where Pluto is in the sky, so they're going to be conjunct again. Oh, my uh, God. At the very end of June, and then it won't be till November 12th uh, here of 2020 that we have the third and final exact conjunction of Jupiter and Pluto. Wow. So that's in 2020. That's 2020. November 12th. That's interesting that's on the 12th also. Yeah. And that's uh, 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 Jupiter. Say that again, would you? Okay, Jupiter conjunct Pluto. Oh, yes, okay. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so uh, Jupiter just likes to amp up the energy of anything it touches, so it's... Kind of... <laughs> well, it has a big family, doesn't it? Yeah. So whatever Pluto is doing, Jupiter's going to come along and say, hey, let's amp up the energy on this one. <laughs> Pump up the volume. <laughs> yeah. And let's get this party started. <laughs> yeah. Well... I'm sure some will see it as a party, and others will see it as a uh, funeral. Well, sure. Yeah. The, the more attached you are to the old system, yeah, yeah, the rougher this is going to be for you. And who of us doesn't have some attachments uh, somewhere to something old, something borrowed, something blue? 
Um, you know, I, I, there are many who I've been working on their attachments through various uh, uh, people, individuals, and uh, those who are working on uh, bringing up the dark side and processing it and all of that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, everybody's in a different place with all of this. Some don't know anything about it. And they may have the worst time of it. They may have a fairly decent time of it if they enter it, you know, and just kind of take it as it comes. Well, yeah. But I don't know. <laughs> well, we'll see how it works out for folks. And and the thing is, people like us will just be in position to help people right. get, get a grip. Right, right. Are starting with ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Get a grip, Zany, get a grip. Yeah, and another fun one is that uh that Saturn is uh, really gonna be doing some fun stuff. Uh, well Saturn's gonna this year uh enter um <clears throat> uh let's see. Saturn is is currently in Capricorn, of course, conjunct Pluto here, but it's going to go up into, um, <clears throat> what do you call it, um, Capricorn in the sidereal zodiac as well. Okay. Yeah, so that's just, you know, because looking at both zodiacs, um, you know, the the people who have, have traditionally been like the most accurate in predicting events have been the Vedic astrologers. Mm-hmm. From India. Oh, yeah. You know, for the first several centuries, there was never anything in their writings about personality traits or any of that stuff. Uh-huh. It was all nothing but how it affects the world. Ah. Uh-huh. Predicting events. That's Those are their roots. That's their foundation. And so, and of course, they are just fixated on the sidereal zodiac. Mm. So, as I've been looking through this, what I'm seeing is that the prep work and, and the prep for the teardown has been Pluto's journey through Capricorn in the tropical zodiac and the real, real, I mean, like for real with a capital R, shift of the ages occurs with Pluto going through Capricorn in the sidereal zodiac. Okay, and that was in 2023? No, well, okay. that. Okay, now, remember, uh, we'll go through this again. Okay. Okay. Now. Now, Pluto will enter Capricorn in the sidereal zodiac on February 26th of 2020. Oh, okay. This year. I got it. It completes the full triple transit ending on New Year's Eve. Oh, my God. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then for like two and a quarter years, it is completely uninterrupted, both zodiacs at the same time. Wow. Yeah. So it's like, okay, that's going to be the real pivot point. Right there. Okay. After New Year's will be the signal to Happy New Year, and then two and a quarter years of, <laughs> wow, clever. Yeah. Oh, it, it's cool. It's, it's like uh, somebody planned it or something. I don't know. I, I, it sure looks that way. <laughs> There's yeah. some kind of plan going on. <clears throat> yeah. So this will be a lot of fun. Oh, I would think so. Now, how many years does this uh, span altogether, and does it span enough years to completely demolish the old paradigms and the uh, other things that are negative and uh, on the planet? 
Yeah, there's plenty of time here. Okay, good. Yeah. And there's already a big move to uh, work with new forms of um, exchange, uh, energy exchange, and I think one of those attempts is the has been the uh, uh, Bitcoin movement, which I don't see as being successful. I don't see it ultimately as being successful because it's too entangled with AI for one thing. And, uh, I mean, that could be a good thing, but I don't think it is. And, uh, it's about people getting rich and manipulating funds and secretive, uh, transactions. And I just don't think that that's part of, uh, a world that I would like to participate in. Well, the cryptocurrencies will be part of the transitional right. economy. Right. Right. And, and that will be get off the uh, Babylonian dollar. Well, sure, yeah, the Babylonian money magic. Money magic, yeah. Yeah. So uh, th- we have to remember that, as Proterian says, any world that has any form of an economy is a world steeped in fear. Yes. Yes. Absolutely right. And yes. ultimately, it is consciousness that makes the shift. Yes, yeah, they, the Britannians are they've got it. <laughs> they've yeah. got it. Yeah, so we can look at all these things out there, and if we just, um, actually, we could follow the the, the wise words of Tashir Tachi Ren from back in the 90s. She uh, said, if, if you would make following your spirit with each breath and each step the mission and regard everything else as entertainment, oh, yeah. you could stay in balance. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. I can see where that could be possible. Yeah. So we're in the Matrix. It's a movie. It's not worth getting bunged up about stuff. Oh, yes. I was going to ask you about that. So during all of this, what happens to the 12-dimensional Matrix, which uh, affects all of the universes, or, you know, as far as we know, that is uh, overlaid with uh, other galaxies that also have to uh, work within a 12-dimensional matrix of manipulation. Well, we have an opportunity here. It's a huge window of opportunity to completely transcend what in the Gnostic writings they call the false light universe, Mm -hmm. that Protarian calls the cosmic matrix. Mm Mm-hmm. So none of that will be a concern anymore. Ah, so that will go away. Well, they don't have to go away. They're part of infinity. Well, if it's not a concern, then... We simply transcend it. (laughs) Right, exactly. Yeah, and we transcend it by becoming neutral. Uh Aha, a new new neutral word. Yeah, the, the neutral aspect of this is significant because we need to remember here that the the divine unconditional infinite love energy that everybody talks about is a completely neutral force. Yes, yes. Because that is the essence of the field in its yes. infinite wholeness. And yes. so it's not dividing itself into plus and minus or light and dark or any of that other silly stuff. Right, right, right. So, yes. so it's a, become, move, a movement of us <laughs> into what is already. Yes. 
and our belief systems tell us that it's the negative and the positive and this and that and the other thing. This is love and this is not love. <clears throat> so moving into neutrality uh, is the actual uh, act of being in the in the field. Yeah. So um, you remember the Maharishi Mahesh Yogi? Mm-hmm. Yeah, vaguely, yes. Okay, well, he's the guy who taught the Beatles to meditate, right? Yeah, well, of course I remember him. Yes, he was a cool guy. I liked yeah. him. Yeah, the TM movement, etc. Well, he was always talking about transcendental. Oh, yes. Right, transcendental. Yes, sirree. Now, uh, one thing he used to emphasize is that if you're going to transcend, you cannot use that something like the meditation and so forth as an escape hatch <laughs> from the matrix. It's like, of course, he didn't use the term matrix, but that's yeah. okay. Yeah. Uh, the illusion, the Maya. Right? Mm, right. Okay. So, in other words, if we're we're thinking we have to break out of this prison that we're in and we have to escape, etc., what we're doing is feeding more energy into that. Yes. Right. We're making it more real. Right. And so, what we do is become totally neutral toward all of it. Mm-hmm. And in that, we render all of it irrelevant. <laughs> the brilliant. Right. And once it's completely irrelevant, you've already transcended. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, I like the analogy that, I don't know where I got it over the years, but uh, <clears throat> we're walking up a, a mountain and we're leaving the city of, you know, corruption and vice and everything else. And we're just kind of enjoying the the, the beautiful flowers along the way and, at some point, you look back, and the city is no longer in view, and that's the point at which you've you've distanced yourself or moved towards something that uh, in which the old is not anymore. Yeah, and it's not that it's no longer part of infinity. Right, right. It's there. We're, yeah, we're just no longer focusing on it. Right, right. So we're shifting our focus. Yes. We're literally uh, changing our reality. Yes, by yes. focusing on what we want instead of what we don't. Yes, yes, and it doesn't necessarily have to do only with thoughts. Oh no, because it, it, feelings are the the uh, fuel that back it up. I believe uh, feelings, and uh, there's the sex center is involved in that. It's a very fast energy. Thinking is probably the least quick of all the processes. Intuition and, uh, you know, all of those unseen uh, things, empathy and psychic abilities and all that, those are pretty fast. But um, how do you see uh, those uh, coming into play? Do you think people will start to just uh, get it? Well, yeah, people, of course, always will have choice. Oh, right. That's right. Those who want to get it will be able to get it. That's right. <laughs> and others are not quite ready for this, and so right. they'll probably end up going into the cosmic recycle bin. Right. And there's no judgment in that. They've got eternity, and that's a pretty long time. Right. And some of those things they were doing were probably pretty fun. Yeah, so let them keep playing their games. Yeah, right. Okay. That yeah, in sense. fact, back, at, back in the 90s, uh, in a channeling session, somebody asked Protarian about, what about these people? <laughs> and, 
they're obviously not ready to ascend. And so Proterian just said, well, even right here in your own silly little galaxy, there are plenty of planets where those games are still being played and, and will be played for a while longer. So those souls can reincarnate on those planets and be limited to their heart's discontent. Yes. Well, and then that brings up the other possibility. Another possibility, not the other. But (laughs) the, you remember we talked about the golden age? The golden cage. The golden cage, yes. And that there would be an attempt to create a larger sandbox than the one we're in already because we've already outgrown this one pretty much. And so a larger sandbox will be created, and for a while it will seem like it's just really the cat's meow. I mean, there will be abilities, and, you know, they've already prepared us for godlike uh, uh, powers, you know, all of those movies about, you know, superpowers. And uh, But there will be, it will be longer period of time, but towards the... Oh, towards some part of it, we'll begin to realize that it has its limitations, and then we'll start to see that not only does it have its limitations, it's run by the same people who ran the last <laughs> last Matrix, and they That's just correct. simply made the sandbox a little bigger, but they still have you. And so right. it, it wasn't such a big uh, blast of Golden Age after all. It might have been Gilded Cage. <laughs> right. That's why we have the new Cage movement. <laughs> setting yes. people up to go into the golden cage. Yes, well, there's always a golden cage movement. I mean, we have old folks' homes you know, that's <laughs> where we put them. And then, of course, there are all the diseases that are designed to uh, uh, eliminate us in unpleasant ways. As so long we, as we are still giving our power, power over to them. And that's the same with death, isn't it? Yeah, that's all belief systems. All of it. Right. The only reason we do stupid things like grow old, get sick, and die is because on a very deep unconscious level, like in the level of primal thought, we are still programmed and accepting the program of, well, the matrix. Yes. And as, as the matrix begins to crumble... I mean, or show kinks. I mean, it certainly isn't going to hold up the whole time, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now that'll be interesting because the, you know, when when the matrix goes through a shift like this, there's always this opportunity that if you're looking, you can see right through the cracks. Ah. And see the natural universe for what it oh, really yes. is. Yes. Yes. Because we what, don't uh, now present. Right. Which is why the matrix will be running distraction programs like oh, yes. crazy. And, of course, what are they doing right now? It's all distraction, distraction. That's right. And they may run themselves too thin and allow certain areas to be seen that they don't want to be seen. Yeah. But also, we have so many people awake enough. We yes. know the game. Yes. Absolutely. And so we are not going to allow them to distract us no. from, from our true selves. Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so all in all, it's a fascinating movie out there, and we've got really good seats. <laughs> yes, front row. And, yeah, so pass the popcorn. And uh, for those who don't like the front row, they can sit in the loges. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Swing in the chairs. <laughs> yeah. 
And occasionally, you know, we do have people ask, you know, what are some suggestions for what they can do to to get ready? And, right, and, right. And, cut, and and with a lot of these people, it's like, turn off that television. Oh, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Turn off the corporate propaganda machine and quit allowing them to define your reality for you. Yes. Well, the Pleiadians have been saying that for decades. Well, yeah, remember the old book uh, from Barbara Marcinic, the very first one, Bring Her Yes, it was fabulous. Yeah, I mean, that was like 1990 or sometime around there. But, you know, so we're talking 30 years ago, mm-hmm. and they said just throw the televisions out the window. That's right. And she even did a, a Pleiadian channeling at Stanford University, and it was one of the most eye-popping, mind-blowing uh, channelings that I've ever heard. And I thought, how are all those people at Stanford taking this? But it would it all made sense, and it was it was one of the things that uh, turned my life around, uh, made me see see things differently. And yeah. I and I never saw them back the other way again. It's like one of those puzzles, you know. Well, yeah. Well, you can't put the genie back in the bottle. No, no. Uh-uh. Uh. Any more than you could put the toothpaste back in the tube, right? <laughs> right. Right. Uh, I've tried one time. Yeah. I squirted out too much, and I thought, gee, I didn't go and waste it. But some things just got to be. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, uh, one thing I wanted to point out here about January 12th. Okay. Uh, yeah, it is significant because this big conjunction goes exact, and, and it's really powerful. However, it's it's a marker, not an event. Right. Okay. And a lot of people, you know, just they get fixated on something going exact, and they expect everything to happen, like the whole Renaissance. Well, <coughs> like 2012. 2012. Yeah, like yeah, exactly. December 21st, 2012. It's all going to shift on that day. It was a marker. Yes, and uh, it's interesting that we had a a temporal marker from an odd source, uh, the Book of Revelation. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, back in 2017, there was a pretty big deal about it, because there, in the 12th chapter of Revelation, there's an alignment described that does not occur going back 6,000 years in the past or 1,000 years into the future. In those 7,000 years that the researchers looked at, it only occurred one time, and that was on September 23rd of 2017. Hmm. Now, according to this, the theological scholars who study the book of Revelation, that was a marker that would begin what they called the Great Tribulation, which would be a period of seven years, Mm. which would take us up to September of 2024. Mm. Yeah. So the, the Great Tribulation would end in 2024. Yeah, toward the end of 2024. Now, um, remember that we've got our friend Pluto, who's been doing all this work here in the uh, the uh, tropical uh, sign of Capricorn, and is going to be working his way into the tropical sign of Aquarius, which is going to really shift it, which means weird people like us will finally become mainstream. Huh. <clears throat> yeah, <well, laughs> Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, now I mentioned earlier that that Pluto will make a quintuple transit oh across my God, that cusp. Yes. Yeah. That's so, just... so 
Yeah, that's pretty wild. <laughs> right, and, and so that the the first pass into tropical Aquarius will be April twenty third of twenty twenty three, ending that two and a quarter years of it being in Capricorn in both zodiacs simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Okay, then June eleventh comes back, and then January twenty first of twenty twenty four comes across again, and then we hit the jackpot because on uh, September second of twenty twenty four it comes back over retrograde just a little bit, and then comes back in direct motion on. November 19th of 2024. Mm. So Pluto's journey through the tropical sign of Capricorn will be officially finished just a matter of like three weeks after, or three or four weeks after that uh, temporal marker said would be Mm -hmm. the ending of the, the Great Tribulation. Wow. But for whom would it be a tribulation? Those who are in resistance. Mm, right, right. I mean, if you're open to the the shift and ready to do the transformation, the transmutation, woo, this is going to be a great time. Right, and it would also be those with the greatest, uh, strongest belief systems, I would think. Well, yeah. They yeah. have a lot to lose because uh, the more you identify with them, well, the stronger the attachment and the stronger the attachment the less ability there is to uh, to uh, separate from it. Yeah. Now, for some of our friends out there who are really, really stuck in their belief system, mm-hmm. um, there, there are the witty words of a guy who went by the name of Mark Twain once. Oh, yeah. And Mark Twain said, it is easier to fool people than it is to convince them they have been fooled. <laughs> right. Right. Well, can you fool people into fooling if, fooling them that they did it, that they got fooled? Well, if not, if they got the, <laughs> not if they've got those deep attachments to their beliefs. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. Now, for example, in the midst of this political fervor, mm-hmm. try to convince these people that their party is just full of it. Mm. Okay. For example. Oh yeah. Yeah, that would yeah. hurt. It's like a, it's beyond a freaking religion with some of these people. Oh, I know. And like the, the climate change hysteria. I know. Try to convince them that it's a hoax. Somebody put together a brilliant meme. You remember Rod Serling? Oh, yeah. And the Twilight Zone? I love always began Always began the episodes with, imagine if you will, blah, blah, blah. Okay, <laughs> this was Rod Serling introducing the Twilight Zone. Imagine yeah. if you will, a world in which people believe they could control the temperature of their entire planet by giving money to the United Nations. Oh, yes. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Yeah. Such which a world was, does exist. Which in the was Twilight created Zone. to, you know... Do this and that. Yeah. And what about Antarctica? Oh, that's going to be wonderful when all this stuff starts really coming out, because that's where a lot of the old technologies. Right, but which are still running, as I understand. Oh yeah, yeah. We've had such amazing technologies withheld from us here, and um, finally, this stuff will be coming out. But we need to get through this transitional phase first. And we have to do it incrementally so that we don't have everything totally fall apart. Right, right. So we're building on solid ground. Yes. 
and there won't be any conspiracy theory BS because it will be built on uh, solid ground and not or with bricks or whatever, uh, and it won't be built on sand, which would collapse. Yeah, and and it's good to remember that as we have these technologies unveiled, we want to do it incrementally because what we're talking about is replacing the entire economic system of planet Earth. Well, I I am all for that. Yes, but if you just introduced all this stuff instantly, no, I so it would all collapse and then... Well, and something got, worse would come along. Well, you, you've got total chaos. That's crazy. right, and then you have the people who do very well with cleaning up chaos. Um, order uh, out of chaos. Haven't we seen that? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, too long for we've seen it. Yeah, long history of that. Uh, we can trace it back about 6,000 years. And mm-hmm. It starts getting lost in the fog, but it's probably been around longer. Well, the Latin on the uh, bills that we use goes back a little ways. Yeah. But those are the games of the old system. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, And we'll be very happy to have that old system systematically dismantled. Um, now, what is the fifth of the uh, Pentagon-shaped item at, on Saturn? Is that a... Is that an interdimensional uh, portal? You mean or the, some kind of the hexagonal? Uh, hexagonal, yeah. Yeah, okay, up at the, uh, the, yeah. the pole, North Pole. Yeah. Uh, I've never looked, I, I've looked, I haven't looked into it, and okay. um, and nobody ever asked the Proterians in a channeling session. So uh-huh. maybe, well, maybe, maybe somebody can ask, ask that question. question. Yeah, okay. So, uh,. Feel free. <laughs> okay. Next public channeling session will be on January thirty first, so we'll have some have somebody pose the question. And uh will you have uh, people attending that from the area? Yeah. Well be sure and advertise that in advance, like maybe tonight. Okay. So that uh, I might even go. Okay, cool. I might be able to attend that. Um, yeah. Depending I'm, on weather and getting over the hill here. Well, yes, and the, it's winter. <laughs> well, it's winter, and I've got some uh, uh, health issues that need to be attended to, and uh, that will require some surgery. So, uh, as that will be, uh, I'll probably be healing in February. I'm guessing. Yeah. So, uh, hopefully, nothing serious. <laughs> but if it is serious, I hope serious helps out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just and not theory. <laughs> She's not very right. bright. Yeah. But um, now, also, what about the um, <clears throat> the uh, oh the rings around Saturn? Got ring around the collar? <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, the the rings that we can actually see being formed like chemtrails <laughs> yes. by by uh, cute little craft out there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, Proterian commented on that back in the mid nineties. Oh, that, that once we reach a certain point in our not just planetary shift, it's the solar system, it's the galaxy, it, and so on and so forth. It's intergalactic. It's huge. Yeah, and we're just part of that that massive shift. Oh, okay. Uh, 
But once we reach a certain point, Saturn will be able to cast off its rings and go play with Uranus. Oh, great. That sounds like fun. Yeah. Because uh, Saturn has had its energies constricted for a long time. Oh, I'll bet it's really constricted. <laughs> yeah, and uh, it hasn't been a whole lot of fun, which is why Saturn has not been a fun influence for us. Yeah, yeah. Well, he needs to clean out his pipes. <laughs> well, sure. And uh, we know lots of people who would like to make a Saturn dartboard, <laughs> or a Pluto dartboard for that right. matter, because um, their influence uh, insists that we change, that we don't remain stuck. Well, I like that. I think that's a positive uh, approach, that we don't remain fixed and that we don't get stuck. Yeah. Um, and then sometimes some people can do that on their own, and some people can do that in schools or uh, esoteric groups. Mm, some people can't do it at all. So, Well, um, that's okay. It, it's helpful to have somebody that can kind of empower us or... Do a little coaching. Well, yeah. And the thing is, if we're not open to it, it's not going to happen anyway. Oh, well, right, right. That's right, exactly. Yeah. So All the coach can do is give you some useful hints. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's up to well, you to do it. Well, one of the things I like what you said the uh, last time had to do with uh, why bother with the golden age when you can leave entirely and create your own reality anywhere, everywhere, all the time? Exactly. Yeah, In multiple places, at multiple times. Well, I sure. mean, it, it seemed to be some kind of infinite uh, uh, ability. This sounds yeah. like a lot of fun to me. Well, sure, yeah. Uh, remember, Protarian has long said, if you are stuck in, in one embodiment, you are not free. Right. If, you're, right. if you're stuck on one planet, you are not free. If you're stuck mm-hmm. in one galaxy, you are not free. If you're stuck mm-hmm. in one dimension, you are not free. Mm-hmm. If you want to be truly free, then you can manifest as any kind of being in any kind of reality within any space-time continuum or outside of all space-time continuum, whatever. This is <laughs> infinity. Mm-hmm. And we are infinity. Now, do they give instructions on how to do that? <laughs> Besides belief systems? <laughs> uh, actually, okay, for instructions, the instructions are already in us, so to speak. Oh, right, right, right. I Yeah, they're all there. Yeah. And, There's and nothing that, missing from us. Right, and that leads us back around to uh, Proterian's cute little analogy of the young strawberry plants. Hmm. Um, How do I to, become a strawberry? No, right. Well, see, uh. to them, we sound like a bunch of young strawberry plants who are fretting over how to make strawberries. <laughs> right. You know, we're down here going, oh, my God, they expect me to make a strawberry. I don't know how to make a strawberry. Do you know how to make a strawberry? Have you made a strawberry yet? Look at me. I'm all green and leafy, and strawberries are red. I don't have any red pigments. Do you know how to get red pigments? I don't know how to make a red pigment. What do I do? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay, that's what we sound like to them. <laughs> and it's a simple three-step formula. One, you're in the earth. Two, you have sunshine. Three, you have water. It's a done deal because that's your design. Right, right. Okay, so our design is that we are simply the infinite. Mm. There is only the one infinite energy field, and everything and everybody is the field. So mm. all we have to do is allow ourselves to be what we really are. Mm-hmm which is why they gave us 
Proterian's all-purpose three-step formula. One, come from a loving heart. Two, put one foot in front of the other. And three, walk in faith. Mm, nice. Yes, have faith in yourself as the infinite itself. And it's automatic, just like your strawberries will be there. Don't worry about it. Wow, that's beautiful. And um, it's almost time to segue uh, off the show, unfortunately, because this has been one of the most uh, uh, enlightening shows that I've had with you, and uh, it could go on for a long time after uh, now. But uh, if there's anything that you'd like to add to uh, what was said tonight, just to kind of uh, put a point on it or just feel complete... Uh, uh, it does do. feel complete. Yeah, it's again, uh, if we just look at everything else as entertainment out there. Mm-hmm. Well, we can buy lots of popcorn. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Hey, well, thanks a lot. Thank you, uh, Tim. And you certainly did cover some areas that I never saw in any of the other uh, astrology reports that I was reading because uh, homework. So um, this is going to be a fun show for people to listen to. All righty. All right. Well, thank you again. Okay. Thank you. Take care. All right. You too. Good night, everybody.